0: presence we need the presence of God more than ever before we we always need it but in this season we need the presence of God with what is happening we need the presence of God and so I want to read from uh Exodus chapter 33 verse 7 it says Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp now uh last week uh two weeks ago rather uh, someone someone who is blessed that we put this online. So if you do have reception, downpourlivecom forward slash so, S-O-W, uh, and you'll get all the scriptures that I'm talking about today. Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that all the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle and it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshiped each man in his tent door so the Lord spoke to Moses. I mean, this, I, I, ca- I cannot get past this scripture. I've read it over and over and over again over this week. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. I do not know if you, your, your heart's beating a bit faster as you read that. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But a servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. His servant Joshua, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Why don't we pray? Father, I pray this morning that you would fill this room with your presence. Do only what you can do. From the front to the back, from the VIP to the pioneer, from, from, from the sinner to the saint, from every person that know you to the person that do not know you. We all need you. We will never outgrow our dependency on the presence of God. We will never outgrow our dependency for you, Father. And so I pray this morning that that people will be captivated, not by the Word, but by your presence. I pray that you would fall in this place, that there will be an appetite, a hunger for the presence of God, that people would recognize that we are in need of you. There will be a desperation, not just individually, but collectively, that people would know that, God, we need you, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Hudson. What a powerful portion of Scripture this morning. Moses in the presence of God. Moses in the presence of God. Now, just a little tip. If you ever want to get rid of the mask, just hold a coffee cup in your hands. <laughs> That's what I do. I just got a, I've got a permanent coffee cup all the time. Just, <laughs> it's empty. Moses in the presence of God and 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 I was as I was reading this I began to think about our world our world how many of you know need a bit of presence need a bit of presence of God need a bit of God in there how many of you notice the world's gonna gone a bit like insane you know can use some other words but the world's gone a bit crazy Cray-cray, you know, and, and the world needs a presence. Let me tell you, it's not another thing. It's not another, no, it's great. We've got all the medical knowledge and all that. I praise God for that and we need all that. I'm not speaking against that. This is not an anti-vaccine message in case that's what you hear this morning it's not one of those uh i'm not i'm not eloquent or proficient to comment on those things but i know one thing regardless of what we have we need the presence of god we need the presence of god and and it's not just the world that we that needs the presence of god we need it the church needs it i mean the reason why we gather is for the presence of god If you're here this morning to make friends, that's great. If you're here this morning for the coffee, that's fantastic. But really the reason why we're here, the reason why the church gathers is because of the presence of God. It's for the presence of God. It's such an important thing that we recognize that. Some of you have heard stories of my own life where I experienced the presence of God and and my story was a bit bizarre. And and I say this and I think it's important to articulate this because sometimes we can know Jesus or we can have this God experience or this God moment or this relationship with Jesus. And for me, it was that way. I was in church, I was doing things, I was saved, I I was serving. But really the turning point in my life was I was actually even in ministry was when I was 18. In ministry, and I encountered the presence of God. It was so real. It was like, I, God, I thought I'd known you, but I, rec- I, re- I recognize I, I actually don't. I actually have not come in contact with this presence. I haven't come in contact with the tangible presence of God. And it was a period in my life where things were... Oh, You know, I was in med school and I felt in my heart that God was saying to step step away from that and to follow Him. And I did not know what that looked like. There wasn't real clarity on where that direction was. And, and, and so I started fasting. And so I started fasting. I was on a 21-day fast. And in the middle of that fast, one day in prayer, I began to sense this tangible presence. I did not know what it was. It was just the sense of you're being watched. And at the same time, you're, you're wearing this thing. It felt like this coat came upon me. And I, I was trying to sort of diminish that. I was sort of like, I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to worship. But there was a sense of awareness that, God, I think you're in the room. God, I think you're right next to me. God, I think you're near me. And that began a 12-month journey of just seeking and studying and praying. And this, this, this voracious appetite came on me for the presence of God. There's no way I can explain it. It's like, it's like the kid that just got the latest PS5 who spends all their time around that thing. In the same way, it was like I had the presence of God and everything around it. It was my go-to. I would rather not sleep than be in the presence. I'd rather not be with people than be in the presence. And it was one of those things that began to grow. And, and I want to talk about this one moment I had in that one one-year one period. There was this one day I had this routine when it came to prayer. I'd, I'd read my Bible and do a few things. I'd pray in the morning, I'd pray at night. It was this one moment where I spent a good amount of time in prayer and I had the rest of my day. I had things planned up. I had a calendar I had to go and meet people, all sorts of things. And as I was leaving my room, you know, as I, even as I'm sharing this, I'm not sure how, how some of us can handle this, but I heard this whisper and I knew it was God. And I heard this whisper and this voice that said, five more minutes five more minutes. I had a, I had a routine. I had a time. I had, you know, I had this, it was a great routine. It was great. God was in that, in in those moments. And suddenly he just sends this, five more minutes. And, and, and I was just like, is that a thought? That cannot be a thought. I could sense, and, and it was not even what was said. It was the way it was said. There was a yearning in it. And, and I began to sort of argue with I'm going to come back and pray anyways, I'm going to go and do this, I, I, I've, got, I've got the schedule, I've got people to meet, all that, and, and, and all of a sudden it was almost like the Holy Spirit reminded me of a scripture, I'm going to show with, share with you a scripture that you've probably seen in a different context, but now I've come to realize it's also an invitation to prayer, check out what it says in Matthew five forty one, and whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too, and I almost said in my heart, if you're going to ask me five, I'm going to give you ten. And, and, and that just began this, this eagerness, this earning in me to give God more than even what he expects, what he demands, what he is asking for. And, and it was one of those most powerful moments, but it birthed something in me. And what it birthed in me was that the creator of the universe The one who spoke the stars into being, the one who spoke the galaxies into being, the one that spoke organisms into being is desiring. See a lot of times we sing songs like God I need your presence but can I say to you that God is singing songs like I need your presence. It's not just that we need the presence of God, but God desires our presence. There's an appetite in Him. It's not that He needs our p- presence for His survival, but something about our presence just brings joy to Him. It brings the this, this sense of wholeness, the sense of peace, the sense of completeness. And, and the beautiful part is when we spend time in the presence of God, it's not that God gets much out of it. It's actually that we get much out of it. But there's this desire in God's heart yearning for your presence. We have songs about how we want His presence, and that's true, and there's got to be that cry. But I discovered that day that the Creator of the universe is asking five minutes with me. If I could title them, we're calling this message Hunger, Hunger and Thirst, but if you want another title for the message, I'll call it Five More Minutes. Five more minutes. Five more minutes. God is asking for five more minutes to hunger and thirst, to hunger and thirst for God. And that's my prayer that this morning that we would walk out from this place with a sense of hunger. This is not something that can be taught. This is something that is birthed within the human heart. And as I'm sharing these scriptures, I'm praying that you would position yourself to be at a place to hunger and thirst for the presence of God. We read from Exodus chapter 33 and it's a powerful passage of scripture where we read about Moses. And, and, and I want to just comment on this story because I think it's pretty powerful that it says that Moses had this tent and this tent was a place of meeting uh, with God. It was not a meet, it was not as appointment center with other people, it was his appointment center with God. And I want to encourage us this morning, we can learn a few things from this text that God desires for us to have a place. God desires for us to have a space in his, with Him. And so Moses goes into this tent. And, and then the Bible says that whenever he went into this tent, the people stood up. Now, we do not know how many years this happened, but it shows me something. And I feel this is where a lot of the church lives. I think the church still lives in a place where we have uncle Moses and father Abraham and pastor so and so and we wait for them to get into the presence of God and sometimes we can still bring this Old Testament mindset but friend I want to say to you that just like Moses was invited to a deep place in God you and I are called into a deep place with God it's not just me it's not just for the chosen few it's for all of us to access the presence of God if you believe that why don't you give God a clap offering that you are invited to the presence of God you have access and so for 40 years we have this generation that's waiting for uncle Moses that's waiting for father Moses that's waiting for priest Moses to pray and I found a lot and I understand that God has gifts to the body and God has leaders and God has offices oh I get all that but I think sometimes we can outsource our breakthrough to someone that we think is more spiritual than us Sometimes we can outsource our relationship to someone that we think has a greater relationship. But that's not why Jesus came. Jesus came to the Jew and I. We all can have access. And so we find that Moses, and I had this picture of, of the whole generation, the whole children of Israel, that when Moses would go to pray, there was like a hush that came over everyone. The kids were playing. All of a sudden, boom, he's, he's praying. The kids can't play. They just got to wait. The women were cooking, all of a sudden they need to stop cooking. The men were farming, all of a sudden they need to stop farming. Uh, There's this hush that comes in. Can you imagine the the, the tension of Moses praying and everybody else waiting? The tension of everybody pausing because Moses is praying. And somewhere along the line, this young guy comes up called Joshua. And the Bible says that Joshua was Moses' assistant. And, and Joshua starts serving. Now, back in the day, men of God, they had assistants and uh, Elijah had an assistant. They talk about how he would serve water and, you know, lattes or whatever else that they needed. And so, and so Joshua somehow found himself as a young man, the Bible calls him a young man, serving Moses. And so when all of Israel was in protocol, Joshua was allowed to break the usual mold and serve Moses. I'm not sure how it happened. But as Joshua saw Moses praying, something within him began to say, is this only for Moses or is this also for me? Is this only for the chosen few, but is this also for me? My prayer for you this morning is that when we read scriptures in the Bible, let those scriptures not be something that is far up there, but let it be an invitation for what each of us can enter into. Something, I'm not sure how how Joshua discovered that, it was not like Moses said. Now this is the way we pray. There was something in him, and that's why uh, you notice that Joshua had access, or Joshua had an invitation to the presence because he was serving. That's why I love the art of serving, because serving positions you in places that you can never go into. I've gr- I've had greater access when I've served as opposed to being served. And so here is Joshua. He's serving. He's serving. I'm not sure what he's doing, but he's serving in a a moment. There's this thought at some point, in some way. That's, that, that, that was sort of like, I need to pray. I need to dig in. I need to get into the presence of God. I need to hunger after God. I know God's coming for Moses, but I can have a part of this. And somehow he finds himself in the tent. Somehow he finds himself in this position of hunger. Somehow he finds himself in this place of tapping into the things of God. And my prayer for you this morning is that we would not just watch a certain, you know, and here's the thing. I find a lot of times that we can, we can watch a certain thing, a certain preacher. I love all that. I, mean, I love that you're here in church. and but, but there is an invitation for each of us to access the same grace, the same power, the same presence, the same promise, the same blessing. God has that for you. And Joshua somehow broke the mold. In fact, I want to read verse 11. It says, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. As a man speaks to his friend, but this is what got me. It says, and he would return to the camp. But a servant Joshua, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. I do not know if this is theologically right, but I'm going to say it. It was almost like Joshua out-worshipped Moses. It was almost like Moses was done because he had to get on with it, but there was something You got to understand in Joshua's time, that was like breaking rules. That was like uh you know wrong that was inappropriate that could be licensed to be to being killed that could be anything could happen but there was something in Joshua that lingered there was something in Joshua that said we need to go after this. there was something in Joshua that said I know my father I know my leader and you know what can I say as the pastor of this church that's what I'm looking for I'm looking for people that'll outpray me out worship me out lead me out preach me that's the heart of a leader that's the heart of your pastor and that's the heart of your God that he Once a generation that would rise up that would tap in and dig deeper and go after God that the generation that comes after us will outdo us in Jesus name and so we've got Joshua just going after God just going after God just out worshiping Moses out-worshipping his leaders, out-worshipping everything that was there, just saying, I, I just love this presence. He was not timed. It was not on a clock. It was not as long as the YouTube video played. It was not as long as the album played. It was just lingering in his soul. He did not need a track. He did not need a link. He did not need a sermon because there was something beating <hh> on the inside that said, God has more for me. There is something in him that said, God has more for me. I pray that as I'm preaching, that there's something burning in your heart like Joshua that day that says there's got to be something more for me. I know I don't have it all together. I know I don't, I'm not the best looking. I know I don't, I don't have all the gifts and the talent, but there's something in me. There's a desperation in my heart for the presence of God. Let's be a church that lingers. Let's be a church that hungers. Let's be a church that goes after the presence of God because what the world needs is not another sermon. What the world needs is the presence of God. It's the presence of God that changes lives. It's the presence of God that brings wholeness. It's the presence of God that brings health. It's the presence of God that brings healing. It's the presence of God that produces purpose. It's the presence of God in which we find fullness of joy. The presence of God. I'm reminded of Psalm 63 verse 1, where David says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water, we read in this text a deep cry, a deep hunger, a deep yearning of wanting God more than food, wanting God more than water. It's not that he's saying, I'm not going to quit water because I want... He's just creating this parallel saying, that's how eager, that's how desperate I am. Now, that's not something that can be forced. If you hear this message and go, I need need to get more hungry. That's that's not what this message is. The message is an invitation. It's not a push. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to what's there. It's an invitation to what's possible. It's an invitation. As As I was reading this story, as I was reading this text about Moses outstayed, uh, sorry, Joshua outstayed Moses. I was reminded of a story of a legendary man called Smith Wigglesworth. Maybe you've heard of Smith Wigglesworth. Maybe you haven't. Smith Wigglesworth, they said, raised 21 people from the dead. A lot of it recorded. I've actually met a man back in 2008 who was 85 years old. He's now passed away. Who was an 8 year old boy in a Smith Wigglesworth service and saw a lady rise from the dead. And there was a story where now, a lot of people love Smith Wigglesworth, but do you know when he was alive, everyone hated him? Churches hated him. He was too harsh. Uh, he, you know, but now he's celebrated. Like the Pentecostals, we love him. He planted AOG, a- all that sort of stuff. He's part of our history. But when he was alive, everyone hated him. There's a story where Smith Wigglesworth had so many critics and so many haters. And I do not know how it happened, but he arranged a meeting where he uh, and most of them were pastors. He arranged a meeting where all these pastors came in and he said, let's pray together before we debate about the things of God, let's pray together. And and the Bible and, and the story, the his, the, his, the his historical event says that w- Smith Wiggles would just sat there and the presence of God just came on him. And as the, as, as the presence of God came on him, the pastors begin to enjoy, oh, this is glorious, this is amazing. But it went from an hour to another hour, to another hour. Eventually, they started getting irritated. They started getting frustrated to the point that people started crawling out of the room that he was praying in. You know, sometimes there's no point in addressing your critics. You just need to take them to pray with you. You know that inner voice, that inner negativity, that inner anxiety, that inner pain, that inner disappointment, that inner depression. Take them all with you into the upper room. Take them into the presence of God and let's see what lives because let me tell you when you come in contact with the presence of God, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, every critic will be shut, every anxiety will disappear in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you I'm still old school when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to depression, when it comes to mental illness. There's nothing that cannot fix it like the presence of God don't tell me your mental illness is bigger than the presence of God the presence of God can take and shift every need and change every situation in Jesus name when you be careful I understand that mental illness is a reality but I'm worried about our church we've begun to worship mental illness over the name of Jesus when they put the crown of thorns in Jesus head It was for my mental illness. It pierced through his brains. It pierced through his skull so that I can be whole, that I can have the mind of Christ. And I want to speak that and prophesy over you that you can be made whole. Your illness is not the end of your journey. Your illness is the beginning of your purpose in God. The presence of God is what we need. The presence of God is where God is calling us. And I begin to think about Moses and joshua how they said that a young man called joshua a young man called joshua was worshiping and that is what our next generation needs that's why we've got downport camp because we want our our young people to come around the presence of god and i I know there is we are all saying yes our young people they're on tiktok they, they need the presence of god but can i say the reason why joshua loved the presence of god was because moses modeled the presence of god Can it be that we should stop pointing young people to Jesus and just allow Jesus to come upon us? Can we rather be carriers of his presence as opposed to pointers of his presence? Because when Jesus comes on me, it is attractive. When Jesus comes on me, it is magnetic. Let's be carriers of the presence so that it can draw the next generation to say, I want what's on her life. I want what's on his life. I want that presence in my life. There was something on Moses that drew Joshua in the next generation, into the presence of God, into the the presence of God. Five more minutes. God's asking us this question. In this season, can we give him five more minutes? Can we give him five more minutes? Can we give him 10 more minutes? Can we give him 20 more minutes of our day to just get in his presence, to come around his presence, to allow him to touch our hearts to allow Him to take off those things that are holding us back, holding us tense. Let there be a hunger that's birthed with I wanna, sometimes you can preach a message like this and get people worked up and not give any sort of practical steps. I wanna give you three thoughts, three points on how to get into that presence. What, what, what can you practically do to get into that presence? Here's my first one. Make room, make room. The Bible says that Moses spoke to God face to face. The Bible also says that for if any man were to see the face of God, they are to die. How is it that Moses saw the face of God and did not die, but yet my Bible says that when you see the face of God, you will die. Perhaps the Bible is talking about another kind of death. It's not that you're going to die, but something in you will die. A carnal mindset, an addiction, a habit. A habit a thought pattern, a certain things that you think that are higher than the name of Jesus, a thing that you've cammed around and build your life around, a certain situation, unless that thing is fixed in my life, I cannot move on. Unless that relationship is sorted, I cannot move on. Who do you think you are to make that thing bigger than the name of Jesus? But when you come before the face of God, something dies within you. Something gets shifted, something gets removed. And so the first thing we need to do is we need to make room. What is it one thing in my life that I need to lay down, that I need to just, just make allowances for? Maybe it's that certain habit. Maybe it's that certain thing. It's sort of like how we are so, and I, I want to apologize for this, where we all have, most of us have that coffee time. You know, it's like morning, you know, it's my, my time with my coffee. But, but can we have that same thing with God where I'm going to create the space? But to, for us to create that space, something needs to be removed. Something needs to be, for some of us, it might be Messenger. For some of us, it might be Instagram. For some of us, it might be just, just, just waking up half an hour early. What is that one thing that we can do to make room for the presence of God? Because when we get into His presence, a part of us dies, but something else comes alive. Make room. Here's my second thought on, on how to get into the presence. Number two is fasting. One of the most practical ways we can get into the things of God is by fasting. Fasting. I know fasting is not popular. Uh, I know we don't, there's not much, too much talk about it, but can I say the Bible still talks about fasting. The fa- fasting still works in the 21st century. In fact, when we have a mask on, it's easier to fast. Acts <laughs> chapter 13 verse 3, this is what it says. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. After they fasted and prayed, when you fast, you, you're able to make godly decisions. When you fast, you're able to make the right choices in life. If there's something you're sitting on, if there's something you're not sure about, can I encourage you today? To take some time to fast. In fact, we're going to do that ne- not, not, this, not next week, the week after. And we're going to fast as a church. Believe for God to drop fresh vision, fresh ideas, imagination, all of that in our hearts. But we're going to go after this and, and believe that God's going to drop something as we wait on Him. Fasting is such an important thing. Now, I know that some of us, it's sort of like I'm fasting Facebook. Now, that's great. Fast Facebook, but also try to skip a meal. Just a recommendation, just a recommendation. Now, now I'm not sure. Some of us maybe need to get a a health checkup for that. If you're on medication and stuff like that, you got to work out what works for you. But there's something, something powerful when you just do something out of the ordinary. And I'm I'm skipping that meal. Now, a lot of times, sometimes people skip a meal and they're watching something or they're sleeping. No, no, that, that meal that you skip that time, take that to pray take that time to worship, take that time to get before God. So that's the whole thing. It's not just fasting, it's fasting and praying. It it says they fasted and prayed. It always goes hand in hand. And so can I encourage you to take some time to just say, you know, and that's what we, I'm giving you a week just to think about what's my schedule week after? What, What time can I allocate? Don't have to do all 10 days. Maybe start with one day. If you've never done a fast, do like one meal or one day or three days. Just wherever you're at, just take that step of faith. And let me tell you, it'll be so powerful in Jesus' name. Fasting. Here's my third thought on how do I make room? How do I enter into the presence of God? Reading. Reading. Reading the Bible. Getting into the Word of God. I know it's a basic sermon, but I think it's so powerful. Reading. I was, uh, I've been on this Physical fitness journey, and it is a journey. <laughs> it's a journey, and I was talking to my PE, uh, uh, my PT, a uh, couple, couple, a of, couple of months back, and I said, like, I love the exercise, but man, I love me some M and M's, you know. And, and he just said, no, no, I just want you to get on this, and I just want you to get on this, and I just, and I was just so hesitant. I oh, no, I don't. It tastes yuck. It tastes horrible. And I just said, you know what? I'm gonna just do it. I'm just gonna eat that thing and. I feel like I'm going to vomit, but I'm just going to do it. And a week goes by and I'm going to have it. And by the third week, I'm texting. I'm saying, I'm loving the taste of that. Because what you feed on becomes your appetite. So many times people tell me, uh, I read my Bible, but I don't remember anything. Well, you don't remember what you had for Tuesday breakfast what you have on Tuesday for breakfast you don't remember it still affected you it had some effect on your body in the same way when you read your bible it has an effect on your soul it has an effect on your spirit it has an effect on your being and just get into that and all of a sudden you, your appetite all of a sudden it's no more m&ms it's walnuts you know all of a sudden it's no more coke it's kombucha it's like what's going on this this whole thing of just just feeding on. What are you feeding yourself? And as you feed yourself with that, there's a craving within you. There's an appetite within you that comes and draws into the things of God. If I can get huddy up, that would be fantastic. I want to finish off with one last scripture. Because we've got Moses, who, we, we got Moses who was just sort of in the temple. Moses who was in the tent after the presence of God. But Joshua comes along. Joshua takes on the leadership of Moses. Can I say to you that the, gener- the, the, the young people that are praying today will become the leaders of tomorrow. The young people that are going after God will be the champions, of the, the people that God will entrust for tomorrow. But check out what it says in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. Consecrate yourself. See, church, that's what I'm talking about. Consecrate yourself. For tomorrow, God is about to do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourself. This whole pursuit of the presence of God, this whole hunger and thirst for the presence of God is us saying, God, I'm consecrating myself. That's why I love my daughter. Her name Elise means consecrated one. If your name is Elizabeth, that's what it means. Consecrated, set apart. Let's take time to set apart. Let's take moments to set apart. Let's take that Thursday morning to set apart. Let's take that, that, let's take that Monday morning church. We have to become hungry for the presence of God. The world has its way of filling us with sugar and carbs and take us from the diet that God called us to live by. The world has its way of filling us with sugar, aka Netflix and carbs, anxiety and everything else online and take us away from the presence of God. God has got rich nutrition. God has got protein. God has got nourishment for our soul, for our being, for our spirit. That is what we need to go on the journey called life. It is impossible to live this life without the presence of God. If you're struggling, that's why. I cannot do this without the presence of God. Let's take time to consecrate because let me tell you, church, when we do that tomorrow, in the next season, in next month, in the season to come, the Lord will do amazing things. Let me tell you, regardless of where the world goes, we still serve an amazing God. Can I tell you, planet earth is his footstool. (laughs) It's his footstool. He he is still in control. He still has his hand over us. His plans are plans to prosper you and not to cause harm. But as we come before him, as we consecrate ourselves, as we say, God, I'm going to take time. I'm not sure what that's going to look like, but I'm just going to make time. I'm going to take time. I'm going to make time and just say, God, I need your presence. I thought your presence was just for Moses. I thought your presence was just for that. But now, like Joshua, I'm gonna lean in. I'm gonna lean in. I'm gonna lean in. I'm gonna lean in. People ask me, how do I do it? It's just by having that heart that it'll come on you. You know, I can get into God's presence and be driving a car. I can be in God's presence and be going to sleep. I can be in God's presence as I'm talking to people. Let me tell you, it's not something that's forced, it's an invitation. It's a relationship. It's not complicated. If you think it's complicated, it's probably not the way it needs to be. It's simple. And the only prerequisite to His presence is hunger. Jesus said something so profound. I'm not sure if I send it to the team, but in Matthew, He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I hear a lot of Christians tell me, When God blesses me, I will turn up. When God blesses me, I will fast. When God blesses me, I will worship. When God blesses me, I will give. You know what Jesus says? Blessed are you when you hunger. The moment you enter the posture of hunger, the moment you enter the posture of worship, the moment you enter the posture of God, I need you. You have already entered a status called blessed. Because the moment you do that, His face will shine upon you. His mercies are towards you. His grace is upon you. The world teaches us that you do this, do this, you get this, and then you enter that status. God says, no, the moment you enter a posture called hunger, you are blessed. You're positioned to be blessed. Why don't we stand up right now, prepare our hearts, just surrender this time. We worship you, Jesus.